If you have seen the show Shark Tank, then you know today's episode is bringing the heat. It is an honor to dive into the entrepreneurial journey of a fellow UT Spartan who is making serious noise. With that, I would like to welcome you to the season 10 opener of That Entrepreneur Show. I'm your host, Vincent A. Lancey. This is the podcast for you if you are looking to start your business, scale what you have in place, or are just looking for some motivation. On each episode, I interview a different entrepreneur from around the country and across the globe, and each guest will help you learn from their successes and lessons learned. My guest on the show today is someone I reconnected with last at a UT award ceremony, and we were just saying it must have been two years ago because of COVID, so we have a lot to catch up on. And the four brothers of Nardo's Natural competed on ABC's Shark Tank and welcomed their new business partner, Barbara, widely known as the woman who turned a $1,000 loan into a billion-dollar empire. Nardo's Natural offers hand-blended organic and natural skincare derived from nature. And the plan after Shark Tank was to expand their market while introducing a new innovative organic product line. And as you can imagine, the business has grown leaps and bounds since that event. So we're going to learn so much. And I will now bring on Danny Nardo. Danny, it's awesome to see you. Thank you. I appreciate you having me here today. Uh, looking forward to some great conversation and sharing some fun stories along the way. I'm looking forward to learning all about it. Would you mind giving our audience a little more of a preview of who you are before we dive into the business side? Sure. Uh, you know, I'm one of four brothers. Uh, pretty unique business venture, I guess, for four brothers to dive into skincare. But before all that, we're four boys from the Northeast, um, originally from the Philadelphia area. Got a postcard in the mail back in 2000, probably three. And there was palm trees and sunny weather. And it said, come join us down here at University of Tampa. I had never been to Tampa a day in my life. And I said, this is a place for me. Went to college down there with the intention of, you know, returning back home to my hometown in Pennsylvania. Yep. I fell in love with it down here. Um, and I just, this, this was the place for me. I stayed and obviously ended up making headquarters and everything else down here. But, um, you know, it was just, it, I fell in love with the beautiful climate, obviously, but the opportunity, I saw a lot of opportunity in this area. And uh, that was something we'll get into a little bit later. I'm right there with you. I came down, visited the campus. I had my white envelope to bring up to admissions if I liked it. The second I walked on campus, I knew it was the place for me. And I did not anticipate it being over 10 years down here. I thought it could be a quick four years, go back up north, start life. But I'm grateful I stayed, like you said, because of all the great opportunities. And some of those opportunities may have pushed you into entrepreneurship. Let's talk more about how the four brothers got involved. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you what, I don't even know if I could spell that word entrepreneurship back in the day. I just, it wasn't quite the buzzword it is now. Obviously Shark Tank and those things, they didn't exist at that time. Um, heck, it wasn't even a major at the university. And now it's one of the most popular ones. I mean, there's a building designated to it. It's fantastic. The opportunity that these students are getting this day and age to just jump right out there and get a little bit of experience. Um, you know, I, we really hit that world blind with no prior knowledge of, you know, what it was like to run your own business and the different obstacles and hurdles you're, you're going to encounter every day. But anyway, I just, um, you know, going to UT, it was 2008 or 2007 when I graduated, 2008 kind of approach and that economic decline, the real estate and things like that. And we were watching people lose their jobs left and right. And I'm thinking my entire life, get that college degree, 
all right, you're going to be set up. Here we go. And I found myself looking left, looking right. And, you know, I had a job, but it just wasn't what I dreamed of. And I saw things kind of get more depressing looking. Um, anyway, Marose and I got together and we said, I think that uh, we should just start bottling this stuff up in the kitchen. Um, you know, my brother burned himself and he put this coconut oil on his skin. It was just one of those wild tales where we didn't expect it to be quite a business venture. It was more like we're throwing some things into a baggie in a sense. I mean, really didn't quite know exactly the extent what this was all going to turn into. But uh, I was also embarrassed to tell my friends. I'm like, do I tell my friends I'm selling lotion out of my mom and dad's condo? You know, it's just, it was all very odd at the time. Not to mention the disappointment of telling my parents that where, you know, I went to a private university. It wasn't very cheap. And I'm like, okay, now I'm going to do this. You know, wait a minute. Where's your 401k? Where's your retirement plan? You know, none of that was set up for me in, in the beginning stages. And you mentioned how we had a blind-eyed entrepreneurship. UT did a great job at teaching us what we needed to know. But as far as entrepreneurship, now they have a, a center dedicated to, they have a Starbucks, they have incubator space for entrepreneurs who are fresh graduates. They have a lot to offer there. And I love that story, your brother burning himself. And now look at all that's happened. But throughout this journey, what do you find most challenging about being an entrepreneur? Um, you know, Every day, I, I think it's challenging and exciting as odd as it is. I like to put those together. Um, perfect example, literally driving home from the office today and I've got a truck that's in delay right now. It's delayed transit to pick up. I've, I'm moving 50,000 units today and they're not picked up. I've got a customer that expect these on a certain timeline. I need that truck there now and it is not there. So I'm here juggling things, trying to figure out what to do. Obviously, I know our drivers because it's a th continual thing. Yeah. But, you know, you're, you're not talking small orders at that point. You're talking some pretty large pay payments. And um, you've got to make sure things are on time, not just for my sake, but also for my customer's sake. So there's sometimes there's things that are out of control. And it's like those are the challenges sometimes. But then it's also exciting to say, wait a minute, I've been doing this 10 years now. What can I do to be creative to make something happen? And I got, I went as far as today. I worked my way into the system with this trucking company to get the darn cell phone number of the driver to find out what intersection he's stuck at so we can make some moves to get this picked up. Um, you know, wow. five, six years ago, maybe, I don't know, however long, I was just like, um, you know, can you just tell the terminal, let me know when they're coming? Like, no, 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 you, you'll learn these things along the way. And you've got to be Love aggressive. That. You've got to make, make moves. Um, and that's just like how we started our company when we started this business, my brother sold his car for $6,000. I mean, that was our startup. We were some kids who really had, we didn't have much, to be honest with you. Uh, the peanut butter and jelly story. And our first account, they wouldn't even let us upstairs to the spa because there was a key code in the elevator to get you up to the spa. And we didn't know the code to get up there. We became friends with the janitorial staff and they gave us the key code. So that is the mindset we have. If a door is locked, like the elevator find a way to pick that darn lock and get up there. Find a way to contact that delivery driver today and get those 50,000 units off my floor and to my customer. So there's uh, headaches and there's excitement every day. And that's what makes being an entrepreneur so exciting. As an entrepreneur, it is your responsibility to chase that truck down. It is your responsibility to do this and that. You have to figure it all out. And that just shows you how dedicated he is to his business. And doing things like that helps give good encouragement for your customers. They see you going out of your way to do that. They're going to take that as a good, good faith, I feel. 
You're absolutely right. And it, not even that, my floor, my guys on the floor, because there was an incredible diagram I saw years, years ago. And I think about it all the time in the warehouse and the office space. There was a diagram of a boss and it was like stick figures, like three or four stick figures on the side and a boss sitting on a high chair yelling. And then there was a diagram and it's that said boss. The other one said leader. And there's a three stick figures and the boss is sitting there with them pulling a rope. And I was like, that's how I've always envisioned myself. And I want to be that leader. I want to show them. I'm not yelling at the truck driver saying, you messed up today. I'm not yelling at my guys on the floor saying, why don't you get this truck here? I said, let's do this. Let's bind together and make this work. And that's why those 50,000 units are moving today. If I complained about it and yelled at others, they'd be sitting there stagnant. It's true leadership. And you, I'm reading a Dale Carnegie book right now. It talks about how when you, the one manager goes down and he gets angry at his employees exact for not doing their jobs. And the next guy comes down there with compassion and he's caring and he's understanding that things happen. We're human. All of a sudden the morale went up, the productivity went up, efficiency went up, everything went up and up. So I love that story. And you mentioned how you learned those lessons from that. What would you say your greatest lesson learned is overall from entrepreneurship and what did it teach you still? Wow. Yeah. I mean, a lot of really cool lessons along the way. Um, it's going to be really tough to find my greatest. I'll tell you what. I mean, that first one's tough to top as it is. That's the thing. I mean, I felt, uh, you know, some of the biggest things along the way, and I'll just kind of categorize a few together that have made me and my brothers, I hate to use the word me and I, because it really yeah. is a team thing, but has made our business what it is, is working together, you know, putting yourselves on the same field. Look, we had that argument day one. I don't want to say we, but a few of the brothers of like what their title was going to be on the business card and who was going to be this CEO and who was going to be this. And I remember kind of sitting back that day and I was look like that shouldn't be what this is about guys. And, and it never was after that day, but it was that excitement factor with printing yeah. your own business card and thing and the, and the juvenility behind it. But that day made me realize like, look, we're going to work better together, not against each other, because obviously you have your differences and things like that. But we're always performing and always succeeding when we're rooting each other on or we're motivating each other. We're working together. The moment that stops, the moment this business stops. And that's something, my goodness, 2008 is when we started. And that is something I live by. Um, not everybody obviously has the luxury of going to business with a, maybe a brother or family member or sister. Mm -hmm. But if you can find a partner, that's something I always like to give advice toward. C congratulations. If you can do it on your own, I, I, I admire those people. But I'm telling you, sometimes, I mean, you know, the whole two heads are better than one thing. But it's a lot easier to go into things if you truly can trust somebody and really feel like you can do it together. You're going to get a lot of support, but you're also going to get someone to help you think a little bit differently than you are. Because sometimes you're always wrapped up in your own thoughts. You've got to hear some different input from time to time. And I love having like input from them as long as they agree with me. No, no, no. You know, yeah. I love hearing what they have to say. You need a team around you and I can't wait to generate more revenue because right now I am by myself. I have tried a few interns out, but there is accountability issues. So I decided to take it as a sign and just still take yeah. on all the work. But that does not mean I'm doing everything alone. I have three or four mentors that also specialize in different things. I go to them for different advice on different subjects. I think that leads into something else where you wouldn't go to mechanic for teaching advice you go to the specialty and that's just something where i learned and i'm sure you can resonate with your close friends they may mean well but they just may not be the correct person to give you qualified advice 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And then again, when you get into that bigger step, as I mentioned before, when you're ready for the partnership term, they may be your friend, but it's just, you really need to sort out the difference between someone that's your friend, someone that's knowledgeable and you can trust. Yeah. Because it's two different playing fields there. And so for an example, let's picture an entrepreneur we could have a conversation with maybe to be a partner on an operation of business or just to learn something, which entrepreneur would you sit down with? Well, I think I'm going to be a little biased here. You know, I've got to say, I, I love chatting with Barbara. I mean, the luxury of a Amazing. small business owner who was somebody who started in their kitchen, you know, and with literally nothing to our name, not getting paid for the first few years and, and uh, now having the opportunity to say, Hey, Hey, Barbara. Um, I think last week we said, you know, okay, let's, let's do something to get on good morning America so we can promote this new item. Boom. We're, we're talking to now good morning America and doing those things. Um, but not even that when you're now in that circle, you then go, Oh, Hey Cuban, what's going on? Yeah. He goes, Oh, there's an end cap space in CVS. They're looking for a skincare brand. I think you guys would be great for it. When you can leverage those kinds of contacts, that kind of person with it. And that's when you really, that's when you really said, okay, I'm sitting down with the right people. So that's, what's really important is to put yourself in the situations of those that are a lot more successful. You are and continue to just hang around them, hang around them because they're going to have an opportunity for you at one point in time, as long as you maintain your credibility. Okay. So I think that's really important as well. You show that you're credible. You can make it happen. You've got a good reputable business. There's a reason we've been around a long time. Yeah. We're not yeah. you know, flash in the pan kind of company. And that was never our intention. We weren't going to sell some snake oil. We want to show you that our products work. They're true. They're, you know, everything about the family business aspect that it is because we want to still be here when that bottle's empty. Instead of, I have a lot of friends and other acquaintances have been on Shark Tank. Great deals on the show and this and that. Boom, a year later, you know, they're closing up shop. So I think that's a big thing as well is these, these people that you want to connect with. Those Barbara, Cuban, Herjavec, had dinner with uh, Damon John over at American Social not too long ago. Did like, you? Yeah, yeah, I came into town. You know, to be able to do that, you know, with these big dogs that they trust you. And I think that's a really important thing to show them that you can be a credible source and someone that can come through if they have an end cap in a store and you're not going to let them down or embarrass them. Too many lessons right there in that statement. Thank you for such a thorough answer and great lesson. To, don't be flashy. Just stick to the basics. Do what you need to do because it's not about surviving two years. It's about surviving 12 years. Look at this guy thriving since 2008. And normally I'd ask my guests, where would you like to meet this entrepreneur? Because normally they don't know them. But describe the coolest meeting you've had with Barbara, we could say, since you have already met her. Yeah, um, I think one of the coolest things is this. And I got to give the credit to my brother, Kyle. It was our first meeting after Shark Tank. Um, you know, I'll never forget the ride home after the show. You know, we're flying back from L.A., my family and I. And we're like giddy you know, kids on the last day of school. We're like, oh my goodness, jumping up and down and have no idea what's about to come for this tiny little business. Uh, and it was exciting. But then all of a sudden, the moment we touched ground back in Tampa, whoa, the nerves set in. This got real. Then we get an email from them. There's a due diligence process. Their attorneys got to look into the things that we said and are our numbers going to check out and this and that. So we had a meeting with them and we go to New York City. And you walk in there and it's like those TV shows you see with like, you know, around law, like 
their attorney attorneys are here on this big long table and like their CPAs or accounting team. And I'm like, uh, it's just us brothers. Like, we, you know, and they're all dressed in the nines and suits. My brothers and I were like V-necks, like, and it felt like um, we're on opposing teams of like a sporting event. And my brother was like, this was so cool. Cause he had the wherewithal to be like, no, we're not doing this. And he like told the dude, you get up, you get up, you get up. And we all sat intertwined. So like I was next to the attorney. We, were on, yeah. we weren't facing each other as opponents. We sat together as a team. I like that. The team obviously recognized that. And like, these guys are always thinking we're working together here. We want you to investigate our company because we want to show you we have nothing to hide one, but two, let's make this work. We're a group now. We're not this, we're this. And it was just something that I always think about because I've been to a lot of meetings since then yeah. where they're sitting adjacent to each other. And I just, I chuckle to myself and I'm like, Man, y'all need to just get together, not uh, not stay apart. <laughs> Incredible lesson right there. Teamwork, teamwork, teamwork. There's plenty of opportunity in the world. There's plenty of money in the world. We can work together to help us accomplish our goals. There's no need to be not supportive of others. Make it happen together because look how big his ideas have grown. His goals have grown through some great collaborations. And now we're going to have the chance to look into the future here with Danny. What's What's next for you maybe in all of your entrepreneurial endeavors? Is there something else? We're growing this. Yeah, I mean, we're always, you know, diversify. Um, I like the 80-20 rule. It's a very common thing, you know, 80%. You're full You're full in with something secure, 20%. See what sticks, go for it, see what happens. So as much as I, you know, like to do other things, really, I like to grow it within Nardo's Natural as well, um, continually growing the brand. You know, one of our biggest means of revenue is uh, private labeling. You know, it was never in our business <coughs> plan. You know, and that's why your business plan is most of the time should be in pencil because make sure you have an eraser to jot down new things that are going to be continually popping up. So Nardo's naturally evolved as this skincare company that you would see on shelves at resorts and spas and hotels. And, and it's got my name on the bottle, which is wonderful. It's what I was going for. Uh, and then, you know, somebody came to me one day and said, my wife loves your stuff. I have a supplement company. I'm selling supplements and she just really wants your vitamin C serum with my name on it. And of course I said, no, and I'm like, Oh, this is my baby. You know, I have to have my name on the products. And I just, something that wasn't, uh, the light bulb didn't quite go off yet. And I went to bed that night and my brother went to bed at his place and he called me and he goes, well, wait a minute. Why don't we accept that check that somebody's waving in front of us and saying, and I think they wanted to buy like 5,000 units or something like that. And he said, okay, this will lower our production costs because now we're going to purchase some more inventory for the job. So our bottles and everything else is going to go down in price. We're producing more production costs goes down. And two, we're getting a check up front. We don't have to sell those items. Boom. That's off our floor. Move on to the next one. They're going to sell it. And who knows if they want to pick up more items from there. They're now growing their client list. So it was just one of those things that uh, private label kind of was just something that, man, it smacked us in the face. We took it and we just ran with it, um, developed an entire private label program, department, some chemical engineers that are working with us to continue new formulas. So now we're launching hundreds of new brands and it's fun because every day is now a new journey. I'm coming up with new brands, new color schemes, new logos. We're kind of doing the soup to nuts where we're creating it for them. They're just, you know, stroking the check and, and we'll take you by the hand and give those products to you and then you sell them. Great advice again, Danny. Thank you right there. 
be strict on what you want to accomplish, but the way you get there might have to change a little bit. He just pivoted all the way through. New opportunities kept coming up, and look how he benefited it now. And now we have the chance to look into the spotlight story, Danny. For everyone new to the show, on each episode, I share an entrepreneurial journey of a fellow entrepreneur, and I would love your take on it. For today, we're going into Maria Hatsestefanis. 1999, she knew nothing about starting a business, nothing about creating beauty products. She did know that she had a good idea. Skincare products that addressed specific consumer concerns from dark circles all the way to large pores. Everyone listening on, she really believed in herself and this is evident. Next, she spent over a year researching the space before bootstrapping and deciding to finally launch Rodeo. Over the past two decades, this London-based company has evolved into a $90 million operation with its products being sold in 35 countries. I mean, to me, this is just unbelievable. It's like a quarterback getting drafted in the league, like Aaron Rodgers taking a year to sit out, learning the game. She didn't rush her way in. And then now, look, $90 million operation. Danny, what do you like best about this story? I tried to pick a beauty field story to resonate a bit. I love it. I mean, I think it's incredible. And I think it, it it's something that's similar to mine. It, it shows you that the dream is achievable if you just climb, 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 pick, 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 just keep grabbing and clawing. Um, you know, it's Cuban. I love quoting him. There's so many businesses that can make it in this world. Unfortunately, too many give up too soon. I say it a lot in interviews, but I just, it's because I truly believe in that statement. It just, there is a moment in so many small businesses when it's like, oh man, do we, do we stop? Like it just, you know, there was just so many things pinned against you. You think it's just, there's no more chance. And then if you can just find that little speck of light in the tunnel, that's what gets you to that incredible, that's what gets her to that incredible $90 million, you know? And I think there's those things that help motivate people and they hear those stories that give them that little bit of hope to keep going. Um, I just think it's truly inspiring what she did. And I think that, you know, it continually shows people there are opportunities. Some people feel that, oh, we're just so late in the game. That's been done. This has been done. Look, you can always, if we're not going to change the world, who's going to? You know what I mean? So we've got to do it. Too inspirational, man. I got to thank you so much for that. And I also got to thank you so much for coming on the show today. The value is endless. Loved in the beginning the story of how the company started with your brother burning himself, putting it in the bag in the kitchen. That's amazing. I love how you showed your commitment to your company and the example it sets by meeting the driver. That story is unbelievable for our listeners. Emphasize having a team around you, whether it's mentors or not, and how you worked all the way up getting into Shark Tank and thriving on. Can't wait to see what's next on Good Morning America. Be sure to let me know so I can help blast that for you. And now it's going to be time for your last word. All righty. Um, I would just say, you know, I think the biggest thing about being an entrepreneur is don't get too obsessed with that word. I still don't really like to consider myself one. I just, I'm somebody who found something that they truly fell in love with and I continue to run with it. A lot of people are getting caught up in that word this day and age and they're counting their dollars before they even enter their bank account. And it's very rare to become successful if that's your, your mentality out of the gate. Uh, the reason my company made it is we just push, 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 and weren't worried about that almighty dollar. You know, we started selling products at a farmer's market. 
people were counting money at the end of the market, trying to see how much they made that day. My brothers and I didn't care about how much money we made at that market. We just wanted to learn and understand what the heck this was all about. Ask customers questions. Um, and that's why we're not at that market anymore. You know, we wanted to grow from that. Some people that's where they want to be and that's fine. I don't ever want to put anybody down, but we knew we saw a bigger picture and it wasn't counting maybe the couple hundred dollars we made that day. Mm -hmm. It was more about counting the couple million dollars we'd make maybe the next week. Love the long-term vision. So contagious and a good way to our listeners. Would you mind now please taking the time, Danny, to share the social media, the website, all things Nardos. Yeah, absolutely. Nardosnatural.com. N-A-R-D-O-S. Nardosnatural.com. So we're the four Nardo brothers. Our last name is actually Master Nardo, but that's way too long to put on a skincare <laughs> bottle. So yeah, Nardosnatural.com. So we're going to check out our retail products. We've got a lot of incredible skincare items, obviously organic based, paraben free, gluten free, and made right here in the United States. That's what's really cool. So get your men's products, women's products, facial, vitamin C serums, everything. You think of it, we make it. We love it. It's, uh, it's a blast. Hey, I appreciate you taking the time again to join us today. Thank you so much. And I appreciate you sharing that. Everyone, be sure to check out all of that content, all of those great products. And while you're on the internet, be sure to check us out too. We are at That Entrepreneur Show across the board on social media, except on Twitter, we're podcasts by Lancey. So you have updates from all of my shows. My handles are Vincent A. Lancey for all social media and YouTube. And my website is vincentalancy.com. We're going to end the show with a quote. And this one is from today's Spotlight Entrepreneur. But it was the best decision. Having people to drive sales and bring in money is the most important thing when asked about her first hire. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you all for episode two next week on That Entrepreneur Show. 